Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohen with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Dan Hodges, and he's the CEO of Com Sovereign Holdings. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Jeff. So, Dan, for those not familiar with Com Sovereign, can you give us a quick overview of the company? Yeah, I would love to. Com Sovereign is uh, roughly two years old in, in a few few months. Uh, it's a holding company of 10 different business units, uh, but we don't like to look at it as a holding company. It's a consolidated uh, group of companies whose sole purpose is to be the U.S. provider of 5G networks, end-to-end networks, um, uh, both for 4G LTE and 5G, and uh, even indeed beyond with uh, new technologies. Okay. Uh, for the layman, what, what, how, how do you describe 5G? How much time do you have, Jeff? is probably the most most misunderstood uh, item in the markets today is 5G, because 5G is not anything close to 4G. Now, certainly you need, if you look at a table, you've got to have a bunch of 4G LTE infrastructure uh, as the legs of the table, but uh, the 5G is so broad uh, and has to be so flexible and standardized because it's not just for a cell phone, it's for the entire Internet of Things. So if you think about a self-driving car or traffic lights or your cell phone or telemedical devices, all of those have to tie in in the same fashion with that network, and therefore 5G is so much more, and new apps are being uh, put out monthly that require 5G. So 5G is, is, is very broad uh, in its application. It is the, the future network for certain, and no one has it yet despite the advertisements. There are no 5G networks that are complete yet. So we're in early innings of, of 5G. Exactly. Okay. And then your piece of it, um, what exactly do you do for, for 5G? Well, I, again, as any company that's uh, going to be involved in 5G, if you want a broader application with uh, mitigated risk as an, as an investor or a consumer, you want a company that can do both 4G LTE expansion and 5G, and that's where we are. We have uh, everything from the microwave backhaul, which hauls tons of data over wireless uh, links, microwave and millimeter wave links, uh, and then clear up to the front edge of the network that communicates with the IoT devices with very sophisticated high-frequency radios. And those have to have different standardized things, such as network slicing and other items in 5G. Our piece of it is actually the whole of it. <laughs> we have both the backhaul, we have the front edge, and we even have uh, things such as a uh, rapid deployable tower. And in that instance, that tower is a tethered drone system. Uh, we have uh, backup battery power supplies, we have ongoing engineering uh, efforts that are, that are yielding great results. And we're finding, quite honestly, that those who have claimed to have 5G uh, or are 5G companies don't even have anything close to it. In fact, some of our competitors, we have discovered, have no plan right now for 5G, but yet still tout it. So we're, we feel in a, we're, we're in, a, in a great position and uh, excited to move forward. And how big a market is your piece? Oh, boy. 
the world market for advanced telecommunications, including 5G, is enormous. Uh, the players right now cannot fill it. So we, we, we feel very confident. Um, we don't need to go head-to-head against any of the big three, we call them, which is uh, Ericsson, Nokia, and Huawei. They have their markets. We certainly have uh, a huge market of billions and billions of dollars uh, uh, just just ourselves that we could begin to fill. So um, it, it is an extremely large market, um, uh, you know, over $100 billion over the next uh, half dozen years. So you mentioned the competitive landscape has got some very large uh, players. So so how do you stand out and compete? Well, those, those players, number one, there are no American players that do end-to-end. There are no American giants, and that's what ComSovereign uh, – aspires to to be and certainly we can do end-to-end networks now we don't know of any other uh, u.s based pure play company that can so uh, we believe we compete very well on the american stage where by american is a big uh, a big issue and an ongoing narrative now but even in the foreign entities and we were looking at uh, where huawei went in and has security concerns with certain countries they're looking to displace that with new new equipment that is not such a security concern. And the U.S. has a trusted agent uh, that leads them straight to us. Most of our competitors are foreign-based. There are some U.S. companies, um, but uh, we, we find ourselves in a, in a great position and a great market. Okay. So, you know, on first appearance, I see drones and batteries and 5G. It all looks disparate, but I hear you, and it sounds like it... Uh, it all fits together. What is your your overall vision for it? Well, just 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 like we were discussing, our our overall vision is for, for instance, oh, say a, a city, a large city, and we're based in Dallas. Let's say Dallas uh, says we want to expand and do 5G. Now uh, we're going to put out a broad area announcement for. Uh, uh, informational, and then we're going to follow that just like the government does with a uh, proposal, and then we'll quote it out. And and we see ourselves um, being able being able to do everything from the design of the network to the assistance with um, uh, fiber contractors to providing the backhaul radios to to haul the data long distances where fiber is not uh, practical. Uh, clear out to the mounting and maintenance of uh, radio devices and the front edge radio devices, which uh, you might call an integrated access and backhaul radios, which are the 5G radios. So we 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 can do and do do all of that, and uh, to even handle the maintenance and the 24/7 monitoring of the network, so it never goes down. That's another important part. So we, we see ourselves being able to um, do end-to-end networks in that fashion. And then who are your customers? Who are you serving? You know, we have, actually, we have <laughs> we have Justin Dragonwave, um, over 700 networks in over 100 countries around the world uh, have our installed equipment. As far as customers go that, that Dragonwave has served, which is our vertical sales channel, there's over 3,100 customers that they've served over the last 10 years. So we've got an installed customer base with over a billion dollars of installed equipment that is reaching 
and that obsolescence point, which you hit anywhere between eight and 10 years. So we've got a great, great uh, captive market, if you will, in our own customers. And we're seeing just, uh, especially after a news release last week, we had 1,200 inquiries in a matter of 24 hours. It was just an enormous response to our ability to do rapid deployable networks. So the customers are increasing, and uh, we've got a great install base. And uh, they include everybody from a service, uh, a mom-and-pop service company that may have two or three employees clear on up to AT&T, T-Mobile, Telefonica, um, and, and mobile network operators around the world. And Dan, did I hear correctly, in terms of a marketing channel, uh, it's uh, your own sales force? That's correct. Now, we're focused using our own sales force within North America and, and Central and South America. So the Americas, we handle internally. Uh, Foreign-based, we typically go through channel partners rather than uh, trying to stand up offices around the world and increasing the overhead unnecessarily. So our channel partners have been with uh, Dragon Wave for quite some time. They're very effective. And uh, with with our production uh, now underway and uh, off the line, literally in a, a very short period of time, we'll, we'll be having our ramped up revenues uh, beginning this month. And in terms of production, is that your own facility or is that outsourced? Uh, both. <laughs> For our legacy lines of uh, Dragon Wave Harmony and Harmony Enhanced MC, Horizon, etc. Those are done at Benchmark, which is our contract manufacturer, uh, U.S.-based company. And then our, our uh, then we call those the legacy lines. And then our new up-and-coming, uh, it's called the Polaris line of equipment, which is end-to-end, extremely advanced, sophisticated radios. We're going to produce all of those at our own manufacturing facility here in Tucson. We'll also produce all the uh, electronics uh, for VNC, for, uh, for instance, uh, artificially uh, intelligent circuit boards that go into the backup power supplies and the power supplies themselves, uh, drone systems. All of those will be produced out of our 140,000-square-foot manufacturing facility in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, if business ramps better than expected, uh, where are you capacity-wise, do you think? Um, we, we can handle an awful lot. <laughs> okay. uh, if, if, if it were to ramp uh, and revenues were to, you know, over the next couple of years, were to exceed 250, 300 million, we can still handle that uh, capacity. On our manufacturing line, it is a full, uh, no kidding, electronics radio manufacturing line. So um, when you're talking 100,000 components uh, a minute uh, through various portions of that line, it's, it's quite speedy. Okay. And do you have the capital needed for your plan? Um, I, I believe so. We can grow organically internally. Um, we are uh, looking to put together a um, revolving credit line to go along with the cash position that we have now. Um, fast growth or uh, exponential growth will have to come through additional capital and um, uh, organic growth can, can be done with what we have right now. So I hope that's uh, not too nebulous of a response, but that's all I'm prepared to give right now. Understood. And then in, in terms of the team, do you have the team you want in place? That we absolutely have. Um, 
we, we have one position uh, we are likely to fill in the next two weeks, but uh, between 15 and 18 senior executives, uh, every single one of them has been very successful in their own uh, prior careers. I would say, you know, when, when, when you look at the average executive, the income sovereign, and they have 25 to 30 years of business successes and career successes, and they come together as a mature group of uh, men and women and work as closely as they're working right now, you, you just, it's a rarity to find anything like that in any company now. Yeah. It's usually they're so compartmented, and, and frankly, they have their own P&Ls and are worried about those, but that's not the way it is with this group. It's a very unique, uh, I'd call it once in a lifetime, in my lifetime anyways, group of people coming together for a common business purpose and help each other. It's, it's a fantastic group of management uh, people. Okay. And then in terms of how you guys get paid, you got a lot of divisions, so you might have a lot of revenue models, but is there an overall uh, revenue model you can discuss? Uh, I, I tell you what, the, the, the revenue model, uh, you have a commoditized, we, we, for lack of a better term, commoditized box sales, if you will, for the hardware. So your radios, uh, whether they be backhaul, uh, microwave or millimeter wave links, or if it's a front edge, access uh, a set of radios, you know, the matrix together. Um, that's a box sale, we call it. Uh, you also have our uh, uh, units, for instance, the SKS Hovermast uh, for, for deployment of uh, access radios, you know, or we have the uh, WASP system, which is our uh, uh, small aerostat uh, deployment, or you have the battery power supplies, uh, telecom power, power supplies. Those are all box sales, they're all commoditized, and they're all, they vary between a gross margin of 30 and a gross margin of 55%. So that's your commoditized side of the house. Services, on the other hand, which uh, we are increasingly uh, expanding, are those that you get, for instance, managing a private network. So you might, uh, pick a university, and we put in a private network in there in order to keep that up and operating uh, consistently with redundancy 24-7, which is, is, is necessary, you have to have monitoring and services, both to repair any devices that are broken or uh, fail, uh, and, to, and, and links even. Even the hard links or wireless links need to be repaired or monitored and replaced. So that's... Um, that's the services end of things, as well as software as a service and other items that we have, uh, for, in, for, for instance, in our intellectual property. Those services uh, we want to increase because those are just steady month in, month out, and uh, gives great revenue base with very low overhead. So the gross margins on those are anywhere between 50 and 75%. So... That's our business model is to continue to increase the services and increase the volume of the uh, commoditized sales. And overall, uh, we see an extremely strong growth, uh, many multiples uh, this year and, and obviously much more next year. So COVID and, and also weather for you guys, has is, is that been a, a setback? Weather, not so much, uh, no more than any other year. Um, COVID obviously, you know, had an impact uh, last year. Uh, we, we've adjusted and moved and flexed uh, quite well, we think. 
Uh, we're starting to see people come back in with vaccines now and um, a mild herd immunity beginning to emerge. We're seeing a lot more comforts and um, ease, ease of uh, operation with uh, people coming back together in our Dallas office and here in Tucson and uh, uh, everywhere else we operate. And in terms of the growth strategy, um, are acquisitions needed or should we see something going forward? You know, when, when we make an acquisition, um, you know, there are certain criteria on that uh, we use. But uh, to answer your question, and, and again, not so specific terms, <laughs> we are uh, always looking to fill those areas in our uh, organization that we now procure or engage outside entities to fill. So the more we can do in-house, the better we are. It's kind of like a large construction company versus a small general contractor. If a general contractor only has a couple guys and he's building a, a big building, commercial building, he has to engage all of his subcontractors and he's, and he's stuck with how they perform or do not perform, whereas some of the very large construction companies doing road projects have all of that internal, and they can schedule, they can uh, make sure everything uh, happens seamlessly, and that's what we're getting at. We want to be one of, the, one of those that can do almost everything in-house from just the nuts and bolts to the antennas even and the uh, uh, radio cases, which we can now do. So we've... we've we want to build our supply chain up. We want to build our sales force uh, even stronger. And that's if we need to do acquisitions to speed that up or because uh, it's a best-in-class activity or maybe even because they have some intellectual property that would save us you know, millions and millions of dollars down the road, we may indeed be picking up uh, additional acquisitions. And so what's the best way that we can track your progress? What's the best? best metrics uh, to use? You know, we were following these recent offerings. We were uh, under a, a quiet period. I think we're, you'll begin to see more news releases as early as next week begin to uh, pop out more on a regular basis. Uh, our 10K, which uh, give disclosures both on last quarter, you know, the fourth quarter of last year and uh, footnoted in the financials for the things that happened this year are all going to be available in a couple of weeks, and um, certainly I think some analyst coverage is, is overdue and will be coming out shortly as well. So I think you'll see the story begin to explode before your eyes over the next few few weeks, and now, we're, again, we're uh, giddy with excitement to watch what happens, especially since uh, we think today, as of today, the share price is just ridiculous on its valuation. So we're, we're really excited to see, to see it explode. Good. And then in terms of a, a gating factor, what would inhibit growth? Would it be just 5G not rolling out as planned or, or what? No, not, not really. Uh, you know, the world is hungry for 5G, but there's very few actual solutions. That, that, that despite the fact that there's so much clamoring and foam um, professing 5G capability, it, it's, it is true. You know, we had, like I said, we've had, um, competitors admit that they have, have no no idea what they're going to do. And so some of them have even asked us to OEM for them. So, so, so I, I think we're, we're well underway. Um, I don't see any gating issues that would inhibit 
the growth absence you know some obvious uh, huge economic impact uh, globally or nationally which would impact everybody I, I don't think there's any specific things obviously the uh, telecom uh, markets are one of the best markets on earth right now I don't see that changing anytime in the next half dozen years for sure and the flip side of that the, the key drivers is it just 5g rollout or, or what no it's 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 actually the entire rollout um, 5G standards will not be set for another year, uh, but there is a, we have a good idea on what they're going to look like, and hence uh, we have virtualized the entire 5G network. We have placed that in a credit card-sized microcomputer. We have built uh, front-edge radios like no one else has yet um, with that capability in there, and the, the things that 5G portends to be able to do with reduced latency and increased bandwidth, um, there, are, there are some of those that, that companies have been able to do and not others. And so you, you, the total package for 5G is something that's very critical, and I think uh, Com Sovereign has nailed it, and so, does, uh, so do many of our customers, including the uh, U.S. government. Uh, we, we, are, we are seeing huge uh, clamoring for, for what we're doing. So like I said, the next few weeks should prove very interesting. So Dan, anything I failed to ask you or anything you want to touch on? No. I, I, we, we mentioned the uh, team, the management team, and I, it seems trite to say because it almost sounds like rhetoric, you know, when one says uh, this company is about the people, you know, not the products and things, but but that is exactly the truth in this case. Uh, our, our people are just second and bowing to no one. Uh, they are just excelling uh, people. And, and to have uh, been a part of uh, their aggregation and, uh, and uh, business launch has been an honor. And uh, I think you'll, you'll agree after over the next, uh, like I said, the next few weeks and the, and the coming months, you'll see just exactly how good they are. Okay, so I would ask you about upcoming events in Catalyst, but it sounds like that's going to unfold over the next few weeks. Yeah, we do have some conferences and some uh, other inter you know, interviews and other things that we will we've been invited to to be a part of. So that that will also be uh, part of the disclosure process if people will be able to find out more and more about us. Okay, well, Dan, thanks so much for for taking the time and sharing the Com Sovereign story. Thanks very much, Jeff.